Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. The scripture reading today comes from Philippians 1, verses 12 through 26. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that the things that have happened to me have actually happened in the, have actually advanced the gospel. The whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else knows that I'm in prison for Christ. Most of the brothers and sisters have had more confidence through the Lord to speak the word boldly and bravely because of my jail time. Some certainly preach Christ with jealous and competitive motives, but others preach with good motives. They are motivated by love because they know that I am put here to give a defense of the gospel. The others preach Christ because of their selfish ambition. They are insincere, hoping to cause me more pain while I'm in prison. What do I think about this? Just this. Since Christ is proclaimed in every possible way, whether from dishonest or true motives, I'm glad and I'll continue to be glad. I'm glad because I know that this will result in my release through your prayers and the hope of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It is my expectation and help and hope that I won't be put to shame in anything. Rather, I hope with daring courage that Christ's greatness will be seen in my body, now as always, because for me, living serves Christ and dying is even better. If I continue to live in this world, I get results from my work. But I don't know what I prefer. I'm torn between the two because I want to live, leave this life and be with Christ, which is far better. However, it's more important for me to stay in this world for your sake. I'm sure of this. I will stay alive and remain with all of you to help your progress and the joy of your faith and to increase your pride in Christ Jesus through my presence when I visit you again. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as we begin a new series, uh, we're headed towards um, kind of Lent. Um, Lent is about, um, it's a time of preparation. Uh, it's a time of kind of narrowing down. Uh, it's a time of um, kind of getting serious. If the last six weeks have been spent um, here in worship with a theme that's been talking about discipleship, here we turn towards uh, actually living out that discipleship. And so the theme is letting go and letting God, recognizing that to journey to the heart of God, um, there may be things that we have to let go of, uh, things that are holding us back, uh, things that are keeping us from moving towards where God's called us to move, or uh, even as LM said, taking our next step. Uh, so today we talk uh, about letting go of like. Um, and, and I know for me, I, I quickly think of Facebook and the ability to like something, but this is a little bit more about comfort and preferences and how moving from that comfort to calling can make a real difference in our discipleship. To move forward in our relationship with God will require that we leave some things behind. Uh, throughout Lent, we'll be looking at different things to let go of along the way. The first one is this desire for comfort and preferences. We live in a culture that wants to customize it, to do it yourself, to have it your way. Um, I, I would have put more logos up there, but I could have filled the space, right? Um, when we think about all the different ways that life is catered towards us, uh, whether we think about the food that we eat, or whether we think about the things that we own, 
Um, I went uh, on a spiritual retreat uh, a couple of weeks ago and split, um, split the uh, gas and the experience with um, uh, another pastor. And during the time away, the pastor had shared with me that his uh, adult daughter has a business of engraving uh, your logo or your initials on anything, right? I mean, the list of things that were possible were amazing. What is it like that we can mark everything in our lives with our personal stamp, that we can have the right color, the right texture, the right everything? Uh, also, sometimes that flows into uh, our life as disciples. Um, you know, there are some, not you, but there are some that, that pick church based upon the color of the carpet or, or um, the, uh, the music that's sung or uh, the way in which the pastor is dressed. I mean, we are so used to getting our way in terms of preferences and in terms of comfort. One could ask, where do we find what's good? Where do we find what's true and wise? I, um, in our family, uh, we have often said that um, uh, the ability to speak is not always a right. <laughs> the ability to speak good, true, and wise is wonderful. And so we've always asked those uh, in our family, especially our daughter, as she's uh, you know, been growing, um, uh, those first days of kindergarten, um, can we only say things that are good? Can we only say things that are true? Can we only say things that are wise? In a world of customization, it almost feels like we need to be Waldo in looking for the things that are good and true and wise. Paul had an interesting take on all of this. We'll be spending all of Lent looking at Philippians. Uh, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, um, he, he writes it from jail in Rome. Um, here's uh, one piece that I think is really instructive. He says, my dear friends, I want you to know that what has happened to me has helped me to spread the good news. The Roman guards and all the others know that I am here in jail because I serve Christ. And he writes these letters knowing that his willingness to suffer for Jesus will make a difference in the lives of others. The people realize how committed he is to the gospel, how important it is to share the gospel with others. Now, this isn't the first time that Paul has been inconvenienced uh, on account of the gospel. When we look at uh, the list of places where uh, he talks about his suffering, in 2 Corinthians, he writes, five times the Jews gave me 39 lashes with a whip, three times the Romans beat me with a big stick, and once my enemies stoned me. I have been shipwrecked three times, and I've even had to spend a night and a day in the sea. Now, if that's not enough, he goes on to say, during my many travels, I've been in danger from rivers and robbers, my own people and foreigners. My life has been in danger in cities and deserts at sea. And when people who only pretended to be the Lord's followers. You see, Paul can lay out for you um, the reality that if he had stayed in the middle of the path, if he had um, stuck only with his preferences and comforts, if he had stayed in the comfort zone, he would have never shared Jesus with anyone. That it's because of his willingness to suffer, his willingness to give up his comfortable places that God was able to use him in calling. 
I think in our world of customization and preferences, we have to come to the realization that at some point those preferences and comfort become a prison, holding us back from our next step. I mean, I, I, I would want you to be honest. I can think about the places and spaces uh, where I have stretched. Um, one of them was UM Army. Uh, many of you are familiar with UM Army. You've gone or you've uh, sent your children, your youth. Um, I, I remember when I was a high schooler, um, the, the, the disdain and humor on my dad's face that he was going to write a check for me to go sleep on the floor in a church in East Texas and to work on other people's houses. You know, he's like, you know, I could just keep the check and you could work on ours, right? <laughs> but there was something powerful in going to a different place. There's something powerful in uh, sleeping on the floor. There's something powerful in spending every day um, outside, inside, and around uh, folks' homes who were unable physically or financially to repair their homes. That, that um, as we sweated in the 100 degree heat, uh, as we um, uh, found a way to make do and make right, uh, we found that God was among us and with us. I, I still remember the story of, um, we put a, a wheelchair ramp uh, on the back of this uh, elderly woman's uh, home. Um, every day you have a devotional uh, with uh, your client, and on that last day that we'd finished the wheelchair ramp, um, we had devotional with her, and um, one of the themes was gratitude, and she said, I am so thankful for the wheelchair ramp that you have built onto the back of my house. And she says this with tears coming down her cheeks. <coughs> and of course, we didn't understand why. She says, I I've been on a walker for about six months. And I've known that I don't have the strength or the ability to get down those steps on my own. And if it were in the middle of the night and there were a fire, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to escape it. But with the wheelchair ramp that y'all have built, I can sleep easy, knowing that no matter what happens, I can find my way out. By the time she got done talking, uh, um, uh, wonderfully jaded Gen X uh, high schoolers had tears coming down their cheeks as well. When we go to a different place, when we get outside of our norm, when we break out of the middle of the road or the comfortable places, God is able to work in us and among us, moving around things in our heart so that we begin to see the world in a different way. Other places where you can experience that is uh, we send a group to Belize most summers um, so that uh, we've been partnering with a, a Methodist church in Belmapan, Belize to build a high school there. Um, also, Faith in Action in our own backyard. Um, you can participate in the same kind of mission uh, trip uh, work experiences. These are those places where we get outside of our comfort zone and we are stretched and changed. Now, this idea of comforts being a prison, um, I, I'm not sure if you agree with me yet that our comforts and our preferences can imprison us, but Paul knew the power of God to set us free. I find it really interesting when I was researching for this sermon that Paul is in Rome in jail, writing back to Philippi. Which in Philippi, um, Acts uh, chapter 16 tells us that, that Paul and Silas had been imprisoned while in Philippi. 
So, so, you know, I feel like I might need like a couple of slides just to illustrate, right? In prison, writing to Philippi, where he used to be in prison. Well, how did he get out? Well, he was in prison with Paul and Silas. And here in verse 25 and 26, we hear the story. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God while the other prisoners listened. Suddenly a strong earthquake shook the jail to its foundation. The doors opened and the chains fell from all the prisoners. An earthquake had set them free. Now the radical thing, you can read the rest of chapter 16 um, at home this afternoon, but Paul and Silas don't go anywhere. They stay there and they wait. And and the prison uh, guard, the the warden comes to the, the jailer, comes to the jail in the morning and he is distraught. He thinks all the prisoners have run away. And, And the cost or the price for that is maybe as minimal as losing his job or maybe as um, uh, difficult as losing his life. And Paul and Silas say, no, no, we're all here. We, we want to share with you the message of the gospel. You see, Paul knows what it's like for the power of God to set us free from our prisons. And it'd be really easy for us to think about the Clemens unit or to think about the Harris County Jail, but sometimes we create a prison right around us of comfort and preferences where everything is just as we need it and want it. But the truth is, our comforts can hold us back. Our comforts can keep us from moving forward. Um, You know, uh, y'all know I I love social science. Um, uh, There's a brain study that shows that when you play music that you don't know, your brain registers it as pain. So uh, parents of teenagers, when you listen to your kids' music, it is painful. But every time you listen, your brain learns new pathways and begins to recognize the patterns. And before long, it's no longer a response of pain, but a response of reward. You see, doing new things can be painful at first, but over time there comes a reward. Um, The same thing is true um, about things other than music that there is this cognitive dissonance when we do things differently. Um, Many studies have showed that for uh, many folk who join the church, um, the longer you are a member of a church, the less likely you are to do evangelism, to invite other people to know about the faith. Because every year, every month, that you get further away from your old lifestyle and deeper into this new lifestyle, you have less friends um, that go to church and more friends that do. You go uh, in less spaces where um, you might have been tempted to sin and you spend more time at the church, which I still think sometimes we get tempted to sin. Um, But those comforts become a prison. And and it's strange to think that the longer you attend church, the longer that you know Jesus, if you allow these comforts to imprison you, you actually become less effective for the gospel, less willing to share with others, less willing to ask others um, to encounter uh, Jesus. What comforts are holding you back? To move forward with God, what likes will you leave behind? Now, I'm not encouraging you to, you know, get arrested or uh, shipwrecked or any of those things, but what, what are those things 
that are holding you back. We would agree that to journey to the heart of God, we must leave certain things behind. Now I'm working really hard to preach uh, at least one sermon in the next six months that has no references to sailing, but you're gonna get one here. Um, you know, I, I, I've been learning about sailing, and for me, sailing is um, a physics and an erector set on the ocean. Can, can you go with me on that? And that the, the power and the dynamics are often unknown to the sailor, right? And, and so one of the things I've learned um, is that if you're pulling in a sheet and you're really concerned about how hard it's gonna be to pull it in, don't wrap the rope around your arm. <laughs> right, right? You never do that, why? Because that physics erector set could change direction and you'll find yourself catapulted into the drink, right? Same principle. You've gotten comfortable. You've wrapped your arm into that rope. It's a good place to be. You're ready for the next tug of war until you realize the thing you're holding on to is holding you back. What is God calling you in your next step to leave behind? I think you will find that after the first moments of initial pain, you'll find that joy of following Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.